a family-run bakery. A bakery which refused to make a cake... ...didn't discriminate against a customer. Five Supreme Court justices unanimously ruled that they didn't discriminate. We always knew we hadn't done anything wrong. We did not turn down this order because of the person who made it, but because of the message itself. Last October, the UK Supreme Court ruled in favour of Asher's Baking Company. It was the triumphant culmination of four years of legal battles, media scrutiny and plain hard work. The family-run bakery had been sued for declining to decorate a cake with the words support gay marriage. The MacArthur family, who owned the bakery, said they could not fulfil Gareth Lee's order because it conflicted with their sincerely held Christian beliefs. They refunded Mr Lee's money and that should have been the end of it. But then the Equality Commission for Northern Ireland accused them of discriminating against Mr Lee on the basis of sexual orientation, political opinion and religious belief. After a testing period for the family, which included disappointing results in Belfast County Court and the Court of Appeal, the highest court in the land unanimously agreed they had not discriminated against anyone and that their refusal to ice the cake with a message they disagreed with was not unlawful. The case was back in the headlines over the summer when Mr Lee said he wanted to take the case to the European Court of Human Rights, but any developments on that front are a long way off. With me to talk about the implications of last year's landmark judgment is the Christian Institute's in-house solicitor Sam Webster, who worked closely with the family throughout the process. Sam, thanks for speaking to us today. Pleasure. Okay, well, we'll come on to Mr Lee's new case uh, in just a few moments, but firstly let's focus on that remarkable judgment of just over a year ago. If you cast your mind back, do you remember what your initial reaction to that judgment was? Yes, I, I think it was sheer joy. Um, we'd had a very good hearing back in May in Northern Ireland. Um, I thought um, there would be some good news with the judgment. What I hadn't um, prepared myself for was the fact that we had won on every ground and every single judge with us. Um, and um, with that news, I think um, it very much pointed to the um, fingerprints of God all over the judgment, that, um, that he had answered the prayers of many people. So it was sort of above expectations then, really? I think that's a neat summary. And why was this case so important? Why did it have to go to the yeah, Supreme yeah, Court? Yeah, yeah. I mean, cases of um, public importance on this scale um, do tend to go to the Supreme Court. That's what it's for. Um, the ultimate Court of Appeal for the UK. And um, they don't hear every case, um, but this was one which um, it was certainly right for them to hear. Very important issues at stake in the Ashes case. Um, I suppose the most obvious immediate um, uh, point um, to be heard by the Supreme Court was the whole question of compelled speech, compelled expression. This was not any old discrimination case. This wasn't about... Um, treating someone differently because of their sexual orientation or political opinion or religious belief. It was about um, the claimants having been required to promote a message which they fundamentally disagreed with and that was an important issue that uh, the courts needed to look at from a human rights point of view. I think there's other areas where it was also important that it should go to the Supreme Court. Um, it's a very, um, or cases from Northern Ireland, there tends to be quite a narrow basis on which one can go, in fact, to the Supreme Court. Um, and um, it, was no, it was by no means guaranteed that the Supreme Court would, in fact, hear every issue on the case um, because of the, the limited basis for an appeal from Northern Ireland. In, in, in the event 
uh, the Supreme Court um, wanted to hear the whole case. Um, and the fact that they were prepared to do so um, really came down to a whole series of um, incidents early on in the case, including the involvement of the Attorney General, his intervention, which made sure that in the long run we were able to have the whole case heard by those five judges. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, it was a, a 5 nil, a unanimous ruling, um, which was a, a resounding result, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a result which has big implications for everyone, not just Christians, doesn't it? That's right. I mean, as I said, the, the central issue was about um, freedom of expression, uh, the right not to um, promote a message uh, or, or express a message with, with which one profoundly disagrees. And that, of course, does not just apply to um, Christians not being compelled to express messages with which they disagree, but also you could have situations where, um, for example, the gay baker, who um, is being required to promote a message, ice a cake with a message that may have a biblical um, uh, verse on, with which that particular gay baker would take issue. So it's, it's a judgment that protects everyone in business. Now, as with a lot of legal cases, uh, the result is a lot more complicated than it probably appears at first mm. glance. Uh, some of our listeners may well be aware of similar cases in the US. Now, I say similar, not identical. Yes. Uh, there was the Christian baker who won his case after he refused to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. And there's a Christian florist who is still going through the legal red tape after she declined to provide flowers for a same-sex wedding. Mm. Now, if such cases were to happen over here, if it were a UK baker and a UK florist, how might this Asher's ruling be applied? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, the recent um, wedding cake case from America um, was considered by the UK Supreme Court in the Asher's case. Um, but having considered the um, US Supreme Court decision, the UK court decided actually wasn't really directly relevant to the facts of the Ashes case, which are or were far more straightforward. Because, of course, in Ashes, it wasn't about discriminating against um, somebody because of their sexual orientation. It was about the message, not the messenger. Uh, and the Supreme Court was very clear about that. Um, obviously, if you... Um, go back to the bed and breakfast cases, um, which went up to um, the Supreme Court back in 2013. Um, that was a case where the um, Supreme Court unfortunately found against the Christian um, bed and breakfast owners because um, the Supreme Court said, well, they would have treated an opposite sex couple in a traditional marriage more favorably. So there was a direct discrimination there against um, uh, a gay couple because of their sexual orientation. The question for our courts in any future case along the lines you describe um, to do with florists or um, um, uh, cake makers, wedding cake makers, would be is it because of the sexual orientation of the customer? W would would the cake maker treat a couple entering into an, into an opposite sex marriage differently? However, those sort of cases are still different to the bed and breakfast owners because they involve creative expression. They create, you know, they involve um, a message. You know, it may be congratulations on your wedding day or whatever uh, might be iced onto a cake. So I think freedom of expression arguments are engaged there, um, but perhaps not to the extent that they are in the Ashes case, where it was a political message they were being asked to promote. So uh, what 
What about churches? I'm sure lots of Christians are wondering, perhaps, are there any implications for mm. them? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Asher's case, um, the, the court decided that there was no discrimination. They didn't come within the statutes that prohibit discrimination. On the facts, there was no discrimination. Now, um, had there been certain exceptions in the law for commercial businesses, we may well have never have got to the Supreme Court. So with churches, there are a series of tailored exemptions or exceptions in equality legislation, um, which gives churches and other other not-for-profit religious organisations the right to impose restrictions, for example, in order to comply with their doctrinal beliefs. So I think churches are in a different place to, to commercial businesses, and I think that's why um, the Ashes case, given that it, it related to commerce, was such an important important case. So churches sort of retain the same protections that they already had? Indeed. They're unaffected, yeah. Okay. Of course, I mentioned a little bit earlier that there is this other matter that was thrown up in mid-August. Gareth Lee's legal team announced that he's not happy with the Supreme Court ruling and he's suing the UK government at the European Court mm. of Human Rights. It's probably just worth pointing out here for anyone thinking if we leave the European Union, uh, then that's it. The case is closed. No more right of appeal. The European Court of Human Rights isn't a part of the EU, and so it's unaffected by mm -hmm. Brexit. That's right. That aside, Sam, this appeal might perhaps sound daunting. Mm. Is there any possibility that it might overturn the wonderful UK verdict? Well, the decision of the UK Supreme Court in Ashes was a unanimous decision five of the most senior judges in the whole country. Um, um, the European Court of Human Rights will certainly have regard to that, um, and the European Court of Human Rights gives a wide margin of appreciation to um, uh, the national courts um, and will only interfere with those decisions if they clearly breach the human rights of um, one of the parties to the case. But I would just stress that this is not a case against Ashes that's going to the European Court of Human Rights. It's a case against the United Kingdom. Um, so Ashes is not directly involved in the case, um, um, unlike um, when in domestic courts, where obviously it was a daunting experience for the MacArthur's uh, to be involved in litigation. Well, thank you for bringing uh, a bit more clarity to something which is certainly a lot more complicated than appears on the face of it. Uh, before I let you leave, though, I think it's only right that we talk a little bit about um, the couple under the spotlight, uh, General Manager Daniel MacArthur and his wife Amy. Uh, they endured a very trying time mm. over those four years, being on the receiving end of those uh, disappointing judgments that you mentioned, and having all of that media attention on them as well. Uh, let's listen again to what Daniel and Amy had to say after the wonderful ruling. We're feeling great. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was, uh, it was great to get the judgment this morning and um, to get a judgment in our favour. And yeah, we're glad to be here. Very relieved. The Supreme Court has overturned the rulings of the previous two courts. Um, they've seen and said that we, we didn't discriminate against this customer, uh, but the decisions we made were based on our beliefs. For us to get a unanimous decision that we were in the right all along, that we hadn't discriminated, was an amazing result and glory to God for it. So we spoke to our parents and 
they are absolutely delighted with the, the result and um, they're very relieved as well and they are glad that after four long years this has come to an end. People ask you was it worth it going through all this and answer them absolutely yes because we knew we were doing what God wanted us to do and we believe we've been following in his will the whole time. A lot has changed for us over the last four and a half years. We've uh, had three new additions to the family, um, so life has definitely got busier, um, but God has been good and brought us through um, just the challenges that have come with uh, the court case. The past uh, four years have really strengthened my faith in God. I've experienced his comfort and his peace and his strength like I have never experienced before, and for that alone, it would have been worth it. Yeah, I think that as well, today's judgment carries so much weight because it guarantees freedom of speech for Christians all over the United Kingdom, which we're very pleased about. The most difficult moment for me over the past few years um, was right at the very beginning when the story um, appeared in the newspapers uh, and your Facebook email uh, mailbox started filling up with horrible lies about your family um, that was hard not to let that uh, get to you. I think one of the hardest things too was the initial step of um, saying no we're not going to do this because no matter what can happen to us or our business before God this is the right thing to do. One of the hardest things as well was whenever other Christians said that they didn't think you were doing the right thing by pursuing it through the courts when we had every right to do that. God's sustained us and he's given us the grace and the strength that we need to, to come through it. And he's did that in different ways. Um, we've had so much support from our own church and other churches all over the UK. People have supported us through many different ways. We've had letters from nearly every continent in the world. Um, We've had emails constantly coming in um, and we've had uh, hundreds of customers coming to our shops and telling us that they're there because they support us in the stand we're taking. Another thing that has been a great help to us over these last four years is knowing that we have so many people praying for us and um, supporting us while we're going through it. The thing that has really brought me through is God's word. Um, by reading it and believing uh, what God says when he says that he is working all things together for good and that his ways are perfect. Uh, what I'd say to other Christians if they were faced with the same situation or similar situation to us is to not be afraid to take your stand uh, for God's word um, because he is so faithful and he will bring you through it. Mm, yeah, certainly uh, I'd say the same that don't be afraid to take your stand. Um, God is there and God will provide for you everything you need to go through that challenge. God won't fail you. Um, he'll be with you through it. If you find yourself in the same shoes as us, you know, you're not on your own. God's with you every step of the way. This all started over four years ago and we find ourselves here at the very end of it. And it's only by God's goodness and grace that we are here and we give all the glory to him. We talked a lot about the legal ins and outs of the case, Sam. But I think what struck most people was how the MacArthur's responded to everything that was thrown at them, always 
putting their trust in God. Yes, yes. And what one saw publicly in that respect, um, I think many of us saw privately as well. Um, and they were a great example to all of us um, of the importance of prayer and trusting in God, um, even when um, circumstances were difficult and everything seemed against them. So I think you know we learnt a huge amount from them, really, uh, uh, as much as I'm sure that they learnt from from the case itself and in, in their dependency upon God. Well, once again, Sam, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us, and thank you to everyone listening. Until next time, goodbye.